Hey, what's up everybody? It's Norm, and I would like to welcome you back to Faith and Beliefs Refuted, number two. Um, we're going to pick up with the next video from Saints Unscripted, with uh, going through the 13 Articles of Faith um, for the LDS Church. So, um, we're going to jump in here. Uh, in just a second, they again last week we dealt with article number eleven, which they started with. David started with eleven because he thought that was important, and now they're circling back around to do number one, and then we'll go up through ten, then twelve and thirteen. So uh, might as well just jump in and get this started with uh, David Snell from Saints Unscripted, article of faith number one. Angela Logan. And we get a nap. Days to I save her I you have 14 days now. before I start assessing fines. I will take any. There we go. In 1842, Joseph Smith, the first prophet and president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, wrote down 13 of the religion's fundamental beliefs. We pulled a Star Wars and already covered number 11 in a past video, but now we're rewinding to number one. Boy, I wish I had said that. Article of Faith number one states, We believe in God, the Eternal Father, and in His Son, Jesus Christ, and in the Holy Ghost. Pretty simple, right? God is our Heavenly Father, we are all children of God, He loves us, Jesus Christ is God's Son, our Savior and Redeemer. But then we run into a problem, because the Bible clearly states that there is exactly one God, but that the Father is God, Jesus Christ is God, and the Holy Spirit is also God. So what do we do with that? Christianity has worked for millennia trying to reconcile those teachings. The most popular reconciliation is that God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit are somehow one God in three persons. This is called Trinitarianism, which became a formalized teaching of the Catholic Church centuries after Christ's death, and subsequently became the belief of most Protestant denominations. Okay, let's just stop there. Because this did not become the teaching of the, and as they put it, the Catholic Church. Here we got to get some understanding of uh, Christianity and as it grew from Jerusalem and to the ends of the earth through the apostles. The church started out, it was um, according to the Apostles' Creed, it is uh, the Catholic Church, the Holy Catholic Church. Um, Catholic meaning universal. That is what that means. When we talk about the, the Catholic Church pre, I don't know, probably third century or so, it's not the Roman Catholic Church. It is the Catholic Church. It is the, the Church Universal. And Trinitarianism was always the belief of the Church. What he's talking about centuries later is the Council of Nicaea in which the heretical teachings about the nature of God, um, mainly like Gnosticism and things like that, were uh, discussed and refuted and um, put away, essentially. Um, came down to... Um, 
homoousis or homoousis, and I, I butchered those Greek words, but essentially it was to determine whether or not Christ was of the same nature as God, the Father, or if he was of similar nature. And this is what happened. We, from the beginning, from from the point in time that Christ was here, and we see the things that he said and he claimed and the attributes of God that are, are attributed to him, it was understood that Jesus was God. It was Thomas going in and saying, I won't believe until I can put my hand in your side and feel the, the prints in your hands. And Jesus said, here, feel, I, I, you know, here, put your hand in my side and feel the wounds that I carried on the cross and that I still bear. And Thomas fell down at the feet of Christ and said, my Lord and my God, acknowledging their realization that Jesus Christ was God eternal, was God, not God the Father, but he was God the Son, eternally part of the being which we know of as God. And so Trinitarianism is not something that came about later. This was what was taught from the earliest moments of the church, from the establishment of the church, and as heresies crept in in Nicaea, those heresies were dealt with and they were put away. It's the result of good people trying their best to understand God, which, I mean, that's a noble cause. But Latter-day Saints do not believe in traditional Trinitarianism. We believe God the Father, Jesus... Here, let me back up a minute on that, because what he's saying is it's a result of good people trying to understand God. Here's a problem with that statement. And, and the problem that Mormonism has with that statement is... As we look at the Trinity, we understand it as a, a, a mystery of God that we will never understand. And that is what Protestantism believes to this day. We believe that we have one God, three persons, one being, one essence, one will, one eternal God from who was from, the, from eternity past into eternity future. One God, three persons, three individual distinct persons, one God. Uncomprehensible to the human mind, and that is what Protestants, we, we're not trying to understand God, we're just laying out what the scripture and what God reveals about himself with the understanding that we do not understand. But what happened, and what we'll see here as he's about to go into, is Joseph Smith created, imagine, imagine a God that can be understood by the human mind. And in doing so, he degraded God from an exalted being, from an eternal, everlasting, all-powerful, unchangeable being, to a created, um, progressive, uh, ever-changing being, which goes against all the things that God reveals about himself.
Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are three distinct and separate beings, but 100% in sync with each other, so much so that they are one God. They are one in purpose. There is only one agenda, one will, one plan. In pretty much every conceivable way, except physically, we believe they are unified. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. We do not believe they are one in essence and three in person. We believe they are three in essence and one in purpose. Now, does that make us polytheistic? You can believe that if you'd like. We don't call ourselves polytheists, but it just depends on your perspective. It does literally make you polytheist. And what he's neglecting to tell you is the things that are showing up in the Pearl of Great Price and so on, where they teach that there were gods before our God. And there's an eternal progression of gods and an eternal regression of gods. And so they are absolutely polytheist in the fact that they are saying there were gods before God. And he was a human who had to live a life and become and, and gain exaltation the way that they think that they can. And he, had, he came from his father God, who came from his father God, who came from his father God, and so on, and so on. And they told two friends, and they told two friends, and so on. And, and again, it's, it's never-ending, making them absolutely polytheists, but also making God, according to what he says in Scripture, a liar. And, you know, a, a more uh, prepared person would have had this verse up and ready to go before, but now I'm going to be, like, shuffling through pages and so on to find Isaiah 43. And... Verse 10. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. So the Mormons have to deal with this verse. And what they do is they, they try to explain it away of saying, well, he's the God of this world and blah, 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 blah. They are calling God a liar because he says here with no, there's no translation. There's no interpretation. This is clear cut. He says, there is no God formed before me. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. And this is not about idols. This is not about idolatry. This is not about anything. This is God making an absolute statement that he is from eternity to eternity. He is God and there is no other. But yet we see the things that, that uh, the attributes of God that are attributed to Christ showing that he is God as well and so that's why we create this doctrine which it well we don't create we recognize the doctrine that is called the trinity because the bible makes it clear god the father is is given attributes and 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 has attributes that are only pertained by god jesus christ has attributes that are only contained by god and the holy spirit has attributes that are only contained by god we see this in Scripture, and so we take that, and we don't try to manipulate or do anything with Scripture. We just take that, and we go, because we know that there is only one God, and God has made that clear, but yet we see him manifest in these three persons, and it's not modalism, that it's not that God 
took on one form, then another, then another. But we see that he absolutely, uh, he exists. And he just showed the verse from Matthew. He showed the scene where God, Jesus is baptized. The Holy Spirit descends on him in the form of a dove and a voice from heaven, which is God the Father saying, this is my son whom I love and whom I am well pleased. We have all three in one place at one time. The Mormons say, well, they can't possibly be one God because they're here. And they're saying that God is limited by laws of physics or physical law or nature or anything like that. Well, we know as Christians that God is not contained and is not limited by anything physical. And the fact that all three are there in one place at one time show that they are three persons, one God, not a modalist, one form or another at any one time, and they change from one to another, not modalism or anything. We understand and we take that. We don't try to manipulate the scripture we just put all that together and go, it is revealed through scripture that there is one God, three persons, and we know that's true, so we believe that that's true. Some people believe the doctrine of the Trinity is still polytheistic, and that's okay. Good people can disagree. Latter-day Saints believe the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit are much more one than they are three, just in a different sense than Trinitarians believe. Some might call us social Trinitarians, but the title really isn't important. Three beings, one Godhead. But wait, there's more. But wait, listen here. The fact of the matter is that uh, uh, Jesus was killed because he claimed to be God. The, the prophets who claimed to be one in purpose with God, who were, who were working under the purpose of God, were not killed by the teachers of the law. You know, it was... The, the priests and the Pharisees and the Sadducees that demanded that Jesus be murdered because of the claims that he made. Now, there were outside forces that, that when it came against the prophets and so on, and, you know, and other you know, factions and, and so on that came against the prophets when they preached in the name of God. But they weren't uh, accused of blasphemy by claiming to be the, the, the voice or the mouthpiece or any of those things. They were not accused of those things. Being one in purpose with God was not an offense punishable by death. Jesus they considered to be a heretic and a blasphemer because he claimed to be God multiple times. Not one in purpose with God. He claimed to be God. I and the Father are one. Not one in purpose. I and the Father are one. The places where Jesus made the statements, ego I me, I am, where he was talking to the Pharisees and he said, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And they said, how do you know Abraham? And he said, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was, I am. He claimed the very name of God, Elohim, Yahweh, in the Old Testament, he claimed that name, the same name that was given to Moses, who, who, when he said, who should I say sent me? And he said, tell them I am that I am. Jesus claimed to be that same being, and that's why they wanted to kill him. Not because he was claiming to be one in purpose, but because he was claiming to be God. The scriptures tell us that God is spirit. We also believe God the Father's spirit is combined with a perfected, immortal, glorified, and tangible body of flesh and bones. Why? The Bible says God is spirit, and his worshipers will, and his followers will worship him in spirit and in truth. Nowhere 
in the Bible does it say that he has a body of flesh and bone, which you just made the claim. This is, again, this is Joseph Smith creating a God that he can under, understand, that can be understand, excuse me, that can be understood by the human mind. And what he does is he diminishes God in that sense. He makes God equal with man just as Jesus Christ received after his resurrection and similar to what Paul teaches we will receive after we are resurrected. A living body always has a spirit within. However, a spirit is not always coupled with a living body. For example, we believe the Holy Spirit is just that, a spirit without a physical body. The nature of God is a hot topic. People use the same Bible to debate several different perspectives simply because the Bible is subject to interpretation from everyone. In part, that's why it took Trinitarianism so long to come onto the scene. We can go to the Bible to... No. And again, now I have to, to refute that. It did not take a long time for Trinitarianism to come on the scene. It was already on the scene. And it was dealing with the heretical um, manipulations of, of that that had to be done um, in order to um, establish... to come to the point of having well-established doctrine. Let me phrase it that way. So it didn't take a long time. The show references for our belief in the Godhead, such as when Stephen is filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts 7 and has a vision in which he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. But you should probably know right now that we Latter-day Saints, spoiler alert, believe modern prophets have revealed additional scripture that complements the Bible and helps corroborate and clarify what the Bible teaches just as the individual books of the Bible written by ancient prophets do to each other. We call one of these extra-biblical volumes of Scripture the Doctrine and Covenants. It provides the clearest source for our belief in the nature of the Godhead. The Father has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's, the Son also, but the Holy Ghost has not a body of flesh and bones, but is a personage of spirit. Were it not so, the Holy Ghost could not dwell in us. Some might find that verse contradictory to their interpretation of the Bible. We don't. But the next question in your mind might be, well, how can I know if the Doctrine and Covenants is actually scripture like the Bible or just a bunch of hooey? Well, good question. That's something that as you sincerely learn more about the Church of Jesus. And now here we're going to come back to the same old thing of, well, you have to pray about it. We can tell you that the Doctrine and Covenants is a bunch of hooey because the fact of the matter is the majority of the revelations and prophecies that are in the, in the Doctrine and Covenants never came to pass. It what the Doctrine and Covenants proves is that Joseph Smith was a false prophet, ultimately. So, and I was looking for something in here to find, and I think it's going to actually deal with, we're going to deal with it in another, um, another place. But we're going we're gonna to end up talking a lot about the King Follett discourse that Joseph Smith talks about. Um, he talks about the character of God. Um, and I wanted to bring this, this in to, again, just show that Joseph Smith created a God that human minds can understand. And so, if I can find it, um, the nature of God, character of God, God is, I'm trying to find the portion where it talks about God as an eternal man. And I apologize that I didn't have this already to begin with. God, an exalted man. I will, this is, quote, Joseph Smith. I will go back to the beginning before the world was to show what kind of being God is. What sort of being was God in the beginning? 
Open your ears and hear all ye ends of the earth, for I am going to prove it to you by the Bible, and tell you the designs of God in relation to the human race, and why he interferes with the affairs of man. And then he never does show anything from the Bible. I, I just want to point that out. God himself was once as we are now, and is an exalted man, and sits enthroned in yonder heavens. That is a great secret. If the veil were rent today, and the great God who holds this world in its orbit, and who upholds the world by all things by his power, was to make himself visible, I say, if you were to see him today, you would see him like a man in form, like yourselves, in all the person, image, and very form of, as a man. For Adam was created in the very fashion, image, and likeness of God, and received instruction. So again, Joseph Smith is, is claiming there, as he gives this this uh, discourse at, at King Follett's funeral, that God was an exalted man, that God was once a man just like us. He degrades God from being from eternity to eternity to being nothing more than an exalted man. Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you can take to God and discover for yourself. But whether you believe it or not, if you want to know more about basic Latter-day Saint beliefs, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment, and keep an eye out for Article of Faith number two coming out soon. All right, and there we go. So there you have it. The um, Articles of Faith number one. Um, who is God, the nature of God, the nature of Jesus, and all those things um, refuted by me um, as not being a Christian doctrine. I mean, there, there's no real sugarcoating it. This is what Mormons believe about God. I mean, he doesn't, doesn't isn't really too deceptive in that on here. Um, so, but that's what the Mormons believe. It is not what Christians believe, and it is not what the Bible teaches, and it is not a Christian doctrine, and will not be. Uh, the, the Mormon teaching about God is blasphemous, it's heretical, and it, uh, it essentially calls God, from what God reveals in the scriptures to what they teach, it, it calls God a liar. And that's not someplace that I think anybody wants to be. So, thanks for listening in. This went a lot longer than I expected it to. I'll try to keep the rest of them down to a, a, a reasonable amount of time, but I hope you enjoy and I hope it was helpful. And as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. Until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.